0: There it is. abracadabra meat suits welcome back to read it and weep season four we're three guys and a special guest with perfect opinions about movies tv and pop culture and you are listening to our magic special this is season, episode six of season four and uh we have a it's a doozy for you i'm very excited about this show i'm your host alex uh, falcone recording today from north korea town los angeles um, and i'm joined by my regular co-host first up he's at anthony lopez part two on twitter in southeast portland he's a unicorn it's mr anthony lopez
1: nope no today i am tony magic
0: <laughs> you're tony um, magic <laughs> i
1: guess i have I have put together, uh, reassembled my street performer persona. Uh, and from your I high thought, school days. Yeah, from my high school and, you know, early 20s in general. Look, magic was a long thing for me.
0: Anyway. It was. I didn't I realize it
1: I promised last week at the end of the show I was going to make the Statue of Liberty disappear. <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to follow street
0: magic illusion.
1: Follow through, yeah. So this is, you know, podcasting magic. This is a trick exclusively for anybody who is currently not able to currently see the Statue of Liberty. Uh-huh. Okay, that's very important. It's gone. Yeah. If, if yeah, you can't if, see it, it's gone. Yeah, if you are in New York and, like, can see or in a helicopter or even in New Jersey, uh-huh. I think you can see it from there. This trick's <laughs> not for you. This trick is just for anyone else.
0: But I, This is basically magic for people without object permanence.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's the same exact trick David Copperfield did when he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. My same.
0: understanding was the people on the on the bleachers were a little bit fooled as long as you didn't feel the bleachers move.
1: Yes, it was people on people who could not currently see it were the only <laughs> people the trick worked on. So I'm using that same approach, but applying I like it. it towards I like it. Um I'm All very excited.
0: It's a great, great bit. Um, also joining us today, he's at Hun Bun on Letterboxd uh, from the woods of Arkansas. He's a real mensch. It's Hunter Donaldson. Shazam! Oh no. <laughs> hey, it's me. Hey, buddy. I'm here. Um, Magic
2: stuff. That's... Yeah. Bam. I, I have doves.
0: Magic I stuff. So- I'm so glad you are yeah, here either, to keep this show grounded.
1: It's either magic stuff or you're about to be in a John Woo movie. Those are the only two <laughs> yeah, reasons.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have these doves here and, and some pistols, but who, it still Uh-oh. could be magic or John Woo. I don't know. That's who knows? <laughs> or
0: you're just hunting? <laughs>
2: hunting with pistols? Yeah, that's how I do it. I, like, do. I don't you want
0: doves either, but... <laughs>
2: Well, I the doves are like, they help me hunt, you know? Yeah, like yeah. They're, they're my oh, eyes in Oh, the these sky. are like hunting
0: dogs. Like the doves fly out, grab whatever you hunted, and bring it back to you. Yeah, this is rad, actually. Um, uh, or if you miss, they just go, ow, 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 ow.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's hunting um, Little duck bad hunt? guys. That,
0: yeah? Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> all right. Um, let me round out the panel thing. We have a very special guest. Um, I first saw you on the sci-fi channel show Wizard Wars, um, which is was... Uh, a reality show where they briefly tried to convince America that we called magicians wizards on a regular basis. Ooh, Um, where, where (laughs) this guest was so good. She got promoted from contestant to house wizard. Um, She's also owner of the Crowdkeeper's magic theater in Bath, England, but she's coming to us from the magic capital of Southern Nevada, Las Vegas at Billy kid show on the gram. She's my brother. It's Billy (laughs) kid.
3: Yo, what's up America?
0: Uh, good. Uh, that's so my, good my American you accent. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I will... Wait, do, do your do your your American accent again? Do do American?
3: Uh, I can only do it once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> contractually, only
0: once.
1: Contractually, right? That is like when you uh, get in your green code, they say, "Okay, we're gonna let this slide
3: once." Uh, yeah, just once.
0: We, I, um, I mean, it's delightful that you're in the same time zone. It made this a lot easier to get a hold of you. But what what brings you to Vegas at the moment that you're allowed to share?
3: Yeah, well, that's everyone's question because they're all like, "How did you escape England during your major yeah. serious lockdown?"
0: Uh yeah.
3: Well, I did escape. It was it was a hassle. I did a few winkle wangles. Yeah. Uh, but I made it into it was America. It's especially hard to
0: get out of the straitjacket mm. that they put you in.
1: Well, yeah, the fact it, that they just it, dropped you in a bucket in the Atlantic and you just yeah. showed up in Vegas. <laughs>
0: Very impressive.
3: I I had had to break out of the straitjacket, break through the barrels, undo the locks, crawl across the desert, and I finally made it to Vegas. So I'm here in training at the moment. It's doing a job that I that I've been told I'm going to hate, but I have to think of it as an artistic challenge. So I'm. um, Oh,
0: when people in Vegas (laughs) say that, I know. I don't know if I trust that. Um,
3: So basically, I'm here learning how to make. videos for facebook i guess in a nutshell so i'm making video content for facebook but kind of working alongside their advertisers so we are like we are like the bait and um, they hook us in and i have to say there's a switch it's fascinating (laughs) i'm learning a lot
0: Mm. so so you are uh, a sellout is what you are
3: (laughs) (laughs) totally exactly it feels like that yep but do, you know what? During a pandemic, uh, I don't know what else I could be at the moment. So, yeah, I, no, I... and I mean, you
1: learn from the best, right? And what greater magic tricks are there than like, you know, like undermining elections and foreign yeah. countries? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, really? That's the, highest, is the, level. Real
2: magic,
1: that's the highest level. That's the
3: real magic. It's all deception. It's related. Yeah. It's all deception. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. It feels dirty. But, you know, I have to say, it's been a, it's been fun. I mean, the other day I just rolled a piece of cheese and pretended it was a bouncy ball, and that was like, oh, that might be something. So <laughs> that's that's what it's coming to
1: mm. do now, gentlemen. Okay. Billy, uh, can I give you a piece of advice? Just because that is like, <laughs> I, that's super fascinating, but especially because it's in this kind of awkward career thing when you can't really openly talk about everything. And I imagine you do get the question, "What are you doing in Vegas?" a lot. So, have you thought about just answering, oh, crippling gambling addiction? <laughs> no, that's just when people are like, I like that what you chose to
0: call them that um, career advice. That's fun.
1: Yeah, just when people are like, what do you, I mean, it just it's going to help save you some time when people are like, what are you doing in Vegas? Rather than yeah. being like, I work for Facebook, just be like, got to hit those tables, you know, the table. You know, that's hot hand. It's going to turn
3: around any day now. I, uh, I, that might be that might be the way to go because at first i walked into a starbucks the other day and from I, my messed up accent they were like well you're not from here where are you from and i was nervous to say i came from the uk because i feel like i'm this walking variant that's yeah you to like <laughs> breathe on all of you uh so yeah i should just keep it i'm
0: here because there. facebook couldn't afford a south african variant <laughs> <laughs> the scarier one
3: Oh, trust me, Facebook can't afford it. Yeah. (laughs)
0: All right. Well, at least you're bouncing cheese for money. That's what I like. Um, So we brought you here because we're talking about magic uh, for today, um, which we're going to talk about um, the special that got us into this idea today. But first, we're going to open with segment one. Oh, actually, before I tell you about segment one, I just want to send a quick thank you to all of our glorious meat buddies who do the magic of keeping our show floating down the tracks. Um, If you go to metreon.com, you can help keep supporting the show which allows us to um continue making it and have wonderful guests on for not as much money as facebook can pay them all right now uh metreon.com now segment one the news today we're going to talk about dinosaur butts soon but because it's a magic special a couple of pieces of news from the magic world i wanted to talk about with you all today first of all Sad news. This is um, Andrew Limbaugh reporting for NPR. Siegfried Fischbacher, one half of the famous magician duo Siegfried and Roy, died January 13th at his home in Las Vegas from pancreatic cancer. He was 81. Fischbacher's death comes just months after his performance partner, Roy Horn, died of complications related to COVID-19 at the age of 75. A statement from Siegfried and Roy's press office said Fischbacher had a unique ability to perform complicated magic at lightning speed. Which made him a perfect foil for Horn, a perpetual dreamer. So, like um, one of
1: those old couples that dies within weeks of each other. Yeah, that's exactly. I tell my wife
0: this more than she would like, but I am definitely planning on that. (laughs) I. If we can't both die in a ship sinking where we just lay in a bed and give up at the same time, <laughs> then I would like it to be weeks apart.
3: Have mm. I mean, you no, decided I... who's going to die first, though? I mean, you're pulling Well, sh- okay, dolls. so
0: this, this is on the condition that if she dies first, I guarantee you I will just give up and die within a week, like a, right. like a dolphin in SeaWorld. That's I will exactly just lay down and I... stop breathing.
2: It's always the cooler one that dies first, mm. uh, in my opinion. I...
0: I assume. So she is, in general, much healthier than me and um, has a lot more longevity in her family. I think she's going to live to 100 and I'm going to be in my mid-70s. So I think if I die first, she's just going to get remarried right away.
1: Mm. I promise, Alex, I'm going to make you a promise here today. If you die first... I will hire a hitman to kill Megan. No, that was the deal. I I'm picking up what you're putting down. Winkly. I I get what, you were, what you're saying. I, right? I you were gonna say in, I will in. marry her
0: the next day and make sure right. she's okay. No, you're gonna no. kill her. Thank you. No,
1: I am gonna hire a hitman. To... I got my own wife. I don't need your secondhand <laughs> used wife, Alex. I got. I don't... <laughs> I, I don't need the widow Falcone in my life. I got my own problems. But uh, yeah. I I promise what if, what
0: if I'm doing really well and there's like she's like got uh, the whole estate with her. Would that be enticing to you? Well, I mean I, I like to the think Dowager I'm probably Falcon?
1: gonna be in one of your wheels, so the hitman oh. thing still works out oh, okay, that's just true. as well for me.
0: So I never got to see Siegfried and Roy in person, which is um uh, a very sad thing for me, although they stopped performing in like two thousand three, I think, um after the Tiger Attack. Billy, did you ever get to see them?
3: I did not, no. That I got into magic a lot later in life, so I never got to see them at all. So only just videos and and I guess television is where I where I got to see them. But um but yeah, when he died, when they both died, obviously that really did shake up the community and uh yeah. Sad Time for Magic. You were like, in, they're legends. In
0: Vegas at the time, yes.
3: Yeah, yeah. So it was just like everyone was just in shock. We call it a broken wand in the magic community. we mm. I mean, it's, it's a broken wand.
1: The thing is, like, okay, so like Alex and you know me, me and Alex are kind of like we're on this podcast. We kind of have feet in both worlds of comedy and magic, you know. And oh, it's, it's like, <laughs> but it's it's I
0: well, did equally equally
1: in both. No, no. Yeah, equally no. But my my point is, uh, like I think like in comedy, people t- like talk about like the um like the the amount of, like, few slots at the top, right? Yes. Uh, and in magic, that's, like, even, like, a smaller circle than comedy could ever be, right? There's such a big amount. Like, there's, there's so few magicians who sort of make it to that level, right? Yeah. Like, it that is, is like a fascinating time when, like... And th- that's not to say there isn't, you know... Thousands of an incredible working magicians that you, but I mean, they're a little bit, you have to like kind of go and find them and they're working and they're not like at the level that like my mom knows about them. Like that yes. is a rarefied air in terms of uh magic performance.
0: It's so incredible, yeah. And to have been that way for a long time, like they're performing, they were performing together for like 50 years. Yeah.
3: There's, yeah, it's funny, there's so few, if you were talking at to the top and compared to like a stand up comedy or you, there's so few of those you know a list spots you know we're talking to Copperfield yeah. and Siegfried and Roy. so it's funny I talked to another magician about this and we're like what is what is the end game what's the goal as a magician because we can't obviously all we're not going to be Copperfield right. uh, and I don't know what the answer is to that because I am for me personally I just like to survive the next 24 hours
0: yeah, uh, yeah, why I'm, I'm doing
3: Facebook videos <laughs> so it's yeah like, yeah, uh, yeah so yeah I don't know I don't know why that is, but I think I'm... magicians have themselves to blame.
1: I've always thought the dream goal was to end up like Michael Kane's character in the prestige, like the guy who builds tricks for oh, yeah, yeah. the younger hotshot music- magicians, but like knows everything about the trade and is like a grizzled. Well, old yeah, that's what we do. You know? We do
3: have those people. We do have yeah. those Michael Kane characters in our industry, but unfortunately for the real world, nobody knows who they are except for magicians. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of secret tools.
0: Yeah. So we um, I feel like one thing that's interesting with magic versus comedy is that there maybe there's more spots at at the top for comedy. But for us, those spots almost always involve not doing comedy anymore. Like you get to the top and you are now you go be on a sitcom or you go, you know, like Steve Martin went into movies. And it feels like that (laughs) for a second. I thought you were going to say Steve Martin went into banjo playing. The, they legitimately <laughs> then, thought then,
1: that's
2: what you were and to then say. that
0: really surprising third pivot into banjo fame well, um
1: you got it with steve Martin to stop you quick you have to back up even more because he started as a magician it's true
3: and so then true.
1: went to acting then went to banjo playing yeah
0: you know? and he still like writes plays and stuff but like most of those pivots are out of stand-up and that's true for like even like people who you think of as big name stand-ups were largely used sitcoms to get that big, you don't have that sitcom move.
3: No, thanks right? for bringing it up, Alex. It's very depressing. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, tell I, me my career is well, due. No, I, don't. <laughs> no, I,
1: I, I think the the reason that magicians don't have that is like magicians, I, I, I think like, you still like doing magic. I don't know any stand-up who still likes doing stand-up. <laughs> Once well i, I mean certain that level of success that's
2: like, an yeah. assumption that's an assumption i this is a great question do do magicians kind of get over it and just kind of get like stuck in the in the rigmarole of For it because sure
0: some have to
2: i mean uh, yeah definitely but i, I mean do you know did. people
3: i wish <laughs> some did because <laughs> uh, that would ha- probably help the industry a lot more yeah. <laughs> Um, just
0: clear up some room at the top for sure
3: yeah no i don't know i don't think it's something you can keep doing if you if you don't love doing it i mean i think the great thing and the worst thing about magic is that you can sadly you know go to a shop pick up like a beginner trick that you need no practice with um and and do it for your friends and family and feel like a superstar because all of a sudden you've done a miracle that nobody knows how it's done. And then you mm, just yeah. think automatically you're a magician, which a lot of people get into magic that way, which is totally fine. But on the opposite side of that, there's a lot of 30, 40, year old people who got into magic by finding those self-working tricks and are still doing that same self-working trick and have not changed the thing because they're riding on that ego high of, of right, some kind well, so, of having some kind of power, and that, I, I think that. there's more yeah. really bad magicians because of that. So there's yeah, more obvious magicians. Well, produce. partly I think, make us look great.
0: I think it's interesting because you can be a bad magician and make money in a way that yes. it's harder in comedy. Because so this is an interesting. So where where Billy and I actually met was that we were on a festival together in Toronto, which is mostly comedy with a few bits of variety in it. And the way the, when I first did this festival. The, the guy who runs the festival is a juggler and a, and a yo-yo artist, and I asked him why he started a comedy festival since he's not a comedian, and he's like what he said to me was, this is the first time I met him, and at the time, the most money had ever been paid for a week of comedy, and he said, "Because no juggler in the world would work for the pittance I pay you." <laughs> most money had been paid for a week it was brilliant and it was so there is there there is money in variety which includes magic in a way that there isn't in comedy that you could like there's a i feel like there's a magician middle class that is largely missing from stand-up so there's fewer spaces at the top but there is room to like and part of it is because you're it's so much more visual so you can do it in more countries it's not dirty so you can do it in more comp for more companies but there's just like money you can get that is not available for us
3: yeah and also i think also because there's different genres of magic right so you can do a stage show or a parlor show but then yeah. we have also close-up magic in our pockets so you know i could i get booked for for weddings where i'm just walking around right the the lunch no the one would
0: ever pay me to just wander <laughs> around a party <laughs> oh after God. your wedding and just tell one-on-one jokes to a table of people
1: yeah, that so would and be then the going, worst going around doing improv games with grandpa <laughs> and two other Oh, what a nightmare. And, I but I mean, I mean at it, the same time, there's like a certain like people don't expect that of uh comedy. And like to me, the thing that like broke me out on magic, and I'm very curious uh to kind of get Billy how you sort of handle this, especially doing like I was I always really liked how to close up one on one sort of stuff. And my problem is there's like a handful of people, handful of reactions you get from Magic, right? And, like, the best case scenario is, like, I know a lot of people who, like, just lose their fucking minds if you show them the simplest trick. And, like, that and, feels great. And every great.
0: single one of those people has already appeared on a David Blaine special. So there's not that <laughs> yeah, many left.
3: Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> but- But, like, just, like, you know, friends and definitely just these people like this. But my problem is, especially doing, like, a wedding thing is every, like, for every five people I would ever do magic for, there was always one person who was, like, you're trying to fucking trick me. How dare you? (laughs) And, like, the indignance you would get from that one person would be enough to make me, like, literally want to stop doing it. Just, like, the fear of running into, like, the people who just like, yeah, I know it's a trick, like yeah, well, yeah of course it's a- tr- like what are you talking about no, you know
3: i I think, I mean, yes, of course, you get those those types of people. I think I find them more fun and a challenge, but I have a friend who hates magic with a passion, and she's worked on magic shows before as a stage manager, she hates it, <laughs> even when she knows how it's done, and I've not been able to figure her out completely,
1: again, kind of comparing comedy and magic, there's like. There, there isn't like a whole cottage industry on YouTube of people breaking down how jokes work. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. There's no one who's like, oh, pff, I've heard, I know how this this joke. Oh works. yeah, I saw a, a guy.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, a backwards in time analogy. I'm familiar.
1: Yeah, uh so like there there isn't any other... oh god watch this he's going to do a
0: second voice right here. You're uh, right. Oh look, it's an act out followed by sarcasm, crazy. Yeah. Oh uh, look the bait. Here comes the bait. I bet there's a switch coming. I would uh, I would
3: love to see this. I think you like yeah, to do a commentary a idea, on somebody to... else, on someone else's <laughs> death.
0: Sarcastic comedy commentary.
3: My favorite my favorite moments of this is when you're doing like, a card trick and most card tricks you'll ask someone to pick a card. Let's just say for of this purpose it's just like take a card pick a card choose a card think of a card and just that alone I've had people go I know this one shall we move on then
0: pick um, a card I've heard I've seen this one is so funny <laughs> that is really good that's a yeah. brilliant heckle <laughs>
3: But because um, I
0: mean, they're probably right, in the end, you will find the card again. I mean, they have seen the general plot of
3: course, of course, but um which which I do love, but no, I think I mean, I am not a fan of exposure, and yes, there's tons of tutorials on YouTube and and various places people can can learn how to do things, but it hasn't really affected well, it hasn't affected my work. like if somebody knows about a certain gimmick or utility that magicians use, a lot of times they don't know. To the extent of how much we can use a certain object, mm. or or how much yeah. we can manipulate cards, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's, I get, yeah. I'm gonna
1: give you another piece of advice, real fast. You should get one yes. of those slides that like um, Travis Bickle has in Taxi Driver, that like a revolver comes out. Like keep it in your arm, and then if someone yeah. else says, "Oh, I've seen this one before," go, "Oh yeah, have you seen this?" And, and then, then a gun, gun comes out. Up. Yeah. <laughs>
0: This might be an American-British thing that you're not not used to, but here you have to have story. a gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we have to move on um, to our second segment. We have some. We have a, a a discussion of a particular magician that I am really excited to hear your opinion on. So that is coming up now. All right. For the homework this week, we are talking about. The new special, the one man show with tricks uh, by Derek DelGaudio, uh on Hulu called In and of Itself, directed by Frank Oz um, and filmed off Broadway um, before pandemic, I assume, but I did not double check. Um, uh, it certainly seems like those people are touching. Um, so that freaks me out. But yeah, a, a live version recorded over many performances at the off Broadway version in New York. Following a run of tests in Los Angeles, actually, which I did not get to, which is before my time here, sadly. Um, but uh, available on Hulu. Let me give you a micro summary of it if you've not seen it yet without giving too much away. But you probably have not at home have not heard of Derek Delgadio because he is sort of a... Um, steadfastly refused to be famous kind of magician where he has worked behind the scenes, on a lot of things. He's got a very good reputation in the magic community, but does not like television. He doesn't like the way tricks look on TV. And so he refuses to do magic on TV. He also is a performance artist in the full compliment, full insult version of that word. Um, so his story uh, in and of itself is a, is a one-man show with stories talking about identity, uh, telling stories from his life, and doing, I don't know, like four to six magic tricks along the way, showing incredible incredible, incredible card mechanic skills, moving a brick to somewhere else in New York, and telling Bill Gates he's a thought leader. That's the show. <laughs>
2: No, Bill Gates told himself he was a thought leader. Right. Telling that, Bill Gates
0: that he sees himself the, as a talk thought leader. about a
2: reveal. Like at that point in the show, I was like, "Oh my god, Bill Gates sees
1: himself as a leader." That's great. Thank you,
2: Derek.
0: Not, not a huge my, twist on that one. My
1: only thought was, QAnon's going to have a field day with this. He admitted it. <laughs> <laughs> he admitted it in the thing. <laughs> vaccines.
0: It, there is a fun side project of this game is just uh noticing celebrities uh in the in the audience. So in Bill Gates obviously, uh <laughs> Tim Gunn, uh Camus Bell, Titus Andromedon, Larry Wilmore, uh David Blaine, David Blaine, David Blaine of course, my brother, yep. um uh Michael Showalter, um who I didn't, uh, I didn't notice him. Um I was really excited about No wait, not Michael Showalter, David. What's the other one?
1: David, From Wayne. David
0: Wayne, David Wayne, David Wayne was there and uh, David Wayne was very exciting for me because David Wayne really loves magic because I, he showed me We we like hung out one time and he showed me magic tricks and I really liked it. Um, David Wayne's quite good at cards. So it was exciting to see him uh, hanging out, watching the show. Um, he was on a radio show that I was working for and like backstage, all he wanted to do was show people card tricks and a lot of people did not give a shit. And I was like, David, I give a shit. Show me every trick you have, and I will <laughs> hang out, and I will be amazed. And it was really, really fun. Um, but they
1: all had like a sarcastic, irreverent edge to them, right? <laughs> Classic <laughs> David Wayne style. Uh,
0: yeah. If I'm being honest, they had a bit of a i um, I'm a robot, and I do not care what you think about this. I'm doing this whether or not you're here edge to it. Um, oh, so like more
1: David Wayne the director, less <laughs> David <laughs> Wayne the sketch performer. Yes, exactly, uh, exactly.
0: Type of act. Um, that sounds like so, one a lot of
3: magicians i've seen personally myself. yeah yeah
0: i mean like, it, it felt like it well which was cool because to see someone who has like a comedy and directing career to be like oh you also have a disease now where you can't stop doing card tricks um that's very exciting um but billy you saw the show live before it was uh went to went to hulu um, yes i saw
3: it live in new york uh, a couple of years ago and then i watched it just the other night to be up to date, um, so with you. you have
0: obviously heard of Derek before, even though yes. we had not probably. Yes, and, and, and I've heard of Derek. And you've heard of Derek? Okay, yeah. Hunter and I had not heard of Derek. Billy, am I am I generally correct though that he was like um, well regarded in magic circles without having a lot of TV appearances?
3: I don't know of any TV appearances he's had to be honest before yeah. before this. Um, I I met Derek, gosh, maybe 10, 13 years ago when I first got into magic. Um, it was at someone's. Richard Turner, he's a blind magician kind of hustler guy. It was his birthday party, and a lot of card sharks were there. So these are most of these magicians, I would say, are are not performers at all. Derek was one of them, and I know, I knew of him at the time because I knew he was like very good at card moves, mostly in the kind of gambling kind of world, um, which which has a lot of close ties to magic. So that's kind of what he was known for was his card handling his hard work but to be honest um up until his show in and of itself uh and he did a double x show a couple years before in and of itself in la as well with another magician but up until then i have never seen derek perform at all i knew what what his work is but he's just a a guy who's at parties
0: and everyone knows is amazing but he doesn't do a lot of shows well
3: amongst the magic community people know of his work in the real world i don't know how much of a I don't know how much of a working magician he was. It like I don't know what gigs he did. I don't know anything like that. So I don't. From know. If reading about it, it seems stages. like not
0: that many. He like mostly wanted. He did like a lot of consulting work, um, and to pay the bills. But didn't like. He doesn't like. He, like according to the New York Times article I read about him, he he never performs for more than a hundred and fifty people because he doesn't think that the angles look good anymore, and he's very very particular, which does limit you career wise. Um, so he had to make money. He also, like he worked on the prestige. He was a consultant on the prestige, for example, which we've talked about already. Yeah. Um,
1: um, Billy, can I ask you a question about the, the live show version of this? Yes. A few mechanics of it. Uh, so I have wanted to see this show for a very long time. Uh, I first read about it a few years ago. Uh, and I have just, I really wish I lived in one of those major cities so I could have saw it. So I was very excited to see it on Hulu and my Sort of my only sort of problem with it, and I think that this kind of comes from maybe Derek's feelings about TV Magic and having a director like Frank Oz on there was so, like, when you're seeing this live and he's telling his stories, there's no screens showing these like animated interstitials, right? Like, that's a good question. Because yeah. that was the one thing that I was like, okay, I get what they're trying to do here in the filmed version of this is like showing these like ill animated sketches to kind of go along with what he's talking about. But I thought it distracted and kind of removed me from the intimacy of the show to like cut to like, you know, a smoky room with people playing throws yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, and yeah. I, so none of that is in the show. That is all Frank Oz transferring yes. it to film stuff okay
3: yeah that none well, of that was in the live show not that i remember anyhow so, so I, when i so was going from there on hulu, it was different for me
0: for sure. yeah so tell me what tell me what your experience was of the live show and then your experience of watching it on hulu later
3: um so the li- obviously everything's better live when, when it comes mm-hmm. down to these shows right uh, uh what, so yeah, what did
1: uh, what code did you pick
0: <laughs> oh that's a good question
3: which card did you try to be serious about
0: your identity
3: um uh, no, I said I was an idiot. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun one. Yeah. Actually, I, I'm glad you started there. I do want to hear like the general notes, but now but now I really want to dig into this more, which is presented with a wall of things that say, so you walk, so at the beginning of the special is people are walking into the theater and there's like 700 cards hanging on the wall that say, I am blank because the show is kind of about identity and then so it's like i am a doctor but it's also got silly ones like i am uh i am an idiot or um i am a a, a, a breath of fresh or, air or yeah yeah, yeah so there's serious things. ones there's funny ones I, that sounds to me like my worst theater going nightmare i could ever imagine is having to pick from a large i'm terrible at decisions and and I don't like things that I'm like, I can't tell if I'm supposed to be funny or not. Like, this sounds so stressful to me to walk into a show. Um, what show was your? show
1: started 20 minutes ago and you're yeah. still in the lobby. Like, I don't know what to pick. <laughs> I
0: want to be leader, but Bill took it. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, what was that? Uh, what, so you picked Idiot. Um, were you stressed by this decision or how did you think about it? How did it feel when you were picking cards there?
3: Um, I, I think it felt like a bit of urgency because, you know, the show has to eventually start and everyone's trying to pick their card. And, and maybe I think it kind of felt a bit like a competition as well because, oh, someone took my card. What am I going to do now? Oh, yeah. Um, but this is all kind of pre-show. So, like, they let people in. This is kind of in, like, the lobby area, I want to say, before you'd actually enter where you would sit. Uh, but I didn't have – no, I wouldn't say it was too stressed. It was like, I'll just pick one and see where we go from there. So I did see it to- – I saw thing? it twice. I saw it twice in New York. Oh,
0: okay,
3: um, when I was there, actually, so I I can't remember why I picked the the second time. That did escapes me. But you but knew that
0: the the cool ones stayed standing, so you.
3: I didn't. At the, no, not the first time I saw the show. No, I had no idea. Right. What? Meant. But the second time, what did you meant. try to
0: pick something better so that you could stay standing and have him say it out loud?
3: Uh, no, I did the opposite of whatever I did the other okay. show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, so you went a second time. So clearly, you enjoyed the show, or at least were curious enough about effects that you wanted to go do it again.
3: I like to, I like to watch the show first to try and not be a magician watching and just to experience it as if a normal person would watch. And then, yeah. and then I saw this show a second time because a friend of mine flew all the way from London to see it, so I went with him. And in that in that viewing, I wanted to watch it like a magician, so I could go, "How does he do the tricks?" Because uh-huh. it's really hard to split your brain like that. So I have to like consciously make a decision and, and try to enjoy it for what it is. So yeah, that's why I went twice.
0: You able that, to do that?
1: that is the thing I was kind of interrupting Alex when he was the description thing of sort of the four tricks of whatever. And like sort of the thing I think is most impressive about this, it kind of goes in again, the sort of like the changing in magic. And I sort of think that there's been a sort of like a postmodern sort of meta uh, change in magic over the past few years. And this is like a great example of like, really out-of-the-box type of magic but also really long form magic tricks like a lot of the there are a lot of tricks in this special but they're not presented like a trick like i think the whole code section has dozens of different moves and illusions combined into one long uh coherent piece and that is like what it's not your stereotypical
3: magician. It's not like your magician who puts on a jacket and is like, hello, everybody. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's... It, there's more meaning. I would say there's more meaning behind the, the magic that's chosen and how it's presented. Um, whereas not like people's – if you ask anyone on the street what they think a magician is or describe a magician, they will come up with probably top hat, fluffy feather flowers, all all of the above. And I think what Derek's done is – is great in the sense that it's not that, but I would Mm. also say it's also I've seen, and maybe it's just coming from Europe. I've seen other magic shows that are not your stereotypical kind of thing that are similar along the lines of, of the presentation of how Derek performed his, his magic. So
0: it especially seems like England likes one man shows more than America does. Because you do like the fringe theater where you do an hour show with a story and somebody gets cancer at the three-quarter mark. Like that's what comedians do yeah. in England. Whereas in America, an hour-long comedy is just like, here's a bunch of two-minute jokes and then I leave.
3: Okay. I I, I never thought of it that way. But yeah, maybe. Maybe you, the the idea of a one-man show like uh, with a beginning, middle, and end, like, an, like a story arc, you mean, whether yeah. it's comedy or magic. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I've seen more of that back home. So when I saw Derek's show, I was like, I'm not really. I feel. I feel sometimes when I'm watching shows or variety or or theater over here, uh, is a few is a few years behind what's happening overseas. Yeah, it's like mean, oh, it's, they haven't they haven't seen this before or they haven't experienced yeah, this before. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, I mean it's like
1: you grow up watching like American stand up, and then like I remember in my early twenties when like Bill Connolly and like Eddie Izzard special started getting really popular in the States. And like, they're doing something completely different than like American stand-ups do. Right. It's just a yeah. completely different f- medium and form over there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that so, is definitely going to go into.
0: Okay. So here's the voice we need to get in here. Um, Hunter, I haven't heard from you in a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so Anthony had heard about the show Watched it, loved it, wanted us to watch it. Billy's got magic brain and audience brain, and clearly enjoyed it somewhat. You are magic skeptical.
2: Uh, whoa, I, mag- uh, I magic skeptical. What does that even mean? Like that I don't believe that it's really magic.
0: You no, know, I think you don't believe <laughs> that it's possible for. It to be are you
2: saying that I'm the only person here that thinks these might just be tricks? <laughs>
0: i think the rest of us saw miracles no i'm just curious at what you felt about because i feel like we've been clear about how we feel about magic generally and you have not yeah so, how so did i you feel play? like
2: i evaluated it more from a um from a one-man show type of of way of looking at it especially because it i mean it does if you didn't know there was magic in it you in starting it you wouldn't be like oh there's gonna be tricks and I, and magic kind of a while yeah Um, and, and so I, I feel like I kind of evaluated it as a, uh, one man show kind of story, uh, piece. And in that way, I kind of felt a little all over about it. I kind of wanted to get to know this guy, this Derek guy. And I feel like I didn't quite get to know him. And then at the end, he's getting to know all these random people, right? Like, and, and Mm -hmm. saying, you know, and, and seeing them, which is a cool trick, but there's also an emotional context for it. That idea of, here is a magic trick with emotional context as an abstract idea. Uh I love it. But I don't yeah. know that I and and I can tell that the when you're watching the footage like these people are really emotionally connected to what is going on. There's a lot of uh weepy eyes. Yeah. So I believe that this really hit people in the room, mm. but it did not necessarily hit me Hunter Donaldson in my underwear on my couch in the living room
0: right so maybe
1: you were holding your code that said i am and you're like i am in my underwear when's he gonna say it (laughs) yeah when is he gonna look right at the screen actually when i was a kid
2: uh uh, david blade did a card trick at the camera and he did guess my card and i was mind freaked (laughs) like i was seriously mind freaked for a while um
0: yeah that's a it's that's a good one um i i think actually that's a really great That that's actually like close to how I felt with with portions of it was I felt like the effects were very very good and the emotional content I wasn't quite on board with but I did feel like it was probably more powerful in the moment oh yeah um because like everyone in the theater around you crying you would probably also be crying um or like me If, if everyone around me was crying I'd for sure be crying um and I did still like tear up at the letters. But then, but like, even especially that last trick where he's like naming people's cards. So, um, without, um, I just, yeah, I don't want to, I'm trying to be like coy about how I describe stuff. So you can still have fun if you watch it, but that trick where he looks you in the eye and tells you what, how you would like to be seen because you picked a card in a three minute section before a show started in right. a big group of people. I just didn't find that identity piece speaking to me. And I felt like his whole conversation from the beginning about identity I just had a little trouble buying that he cared this much. Like his opening story is a drunk guy. This fifteen-minute story, a drunk guy in a bar, told me I was this character from a made-up story, and now I've been ruined for my whole life trying to figure out why. Well, was that, that what you, you took
2: from it? Because I didn't even—I yeah. didn't quite understand why what he was. Um, and I think this kind of almost comes down to an acting thing, right? Because the thing that I kind of wanted from Derek was like a range of uh emotions so that I could under cause cause Derek kinda hits this note of like he almost
0: looks like weepy. Cry. Like he yeah, looks all the sad. Time. Um, yeah, and, and, for ninety and, and, minutes, he looks like he's on the verge of tears.
2: But see, okay, I'm looking at a picture of him right now. This is just like his headshot on Wikipedia, and he uh-huh. looks kind of sad. So mm. I think maybe <laughs> I was like, "This is an actor, and I'm being communicated to, and what I'm being so communicated true. is sadness." But actually, he's kind of a weepy boy. Like he's yeah, just he kind just a weepy has guy. sad
0: eyes.
3: Well, I, I found I, watching watching him on screen compared to live, I could see. It was more noticeable to me watching him on on screen that he's not an actor at all,
0: yeah mm-hmm. right,
3: and I did, there's a lot of double takes with his head, it's all a lot of that like uh, do you know what I mean by like a double take yeah, um,
0: like there, yeah, I think I do yeah, yeah,
3: and it's do you know I, don't, like, actually, I don't actually I don't explain
0: all. explain to me what you mean, um,
3: there was a video of Patrick Stewart explaining the double take where you like. You look, you look away, and you look back again.
2: Oh, yes, yeah, of, of course. course.
3: <laughs> yeah, like, a <laughs> there's a lot of that happening in the show that put me out of it. And I think that's because the camera was close, and I was like, yeah, this is really bad acting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do think that it's like... Those were
3: his transitions. That's how he transitioned from one monologue to another was by interspersing a double take. Well,
1: I mean, like, you... It's a different skill set between, like, acting on a stage and acting in film, right? And that is why when you film a stage production you lose things like that right like acting yes. on film and the power of editing and the power of like changing perspectives all the time it's just it fundamentally changes the way your brain interacts with the piece so like i that's something that i do think is like on stage you don't have to worry about your angles because it's like the crowd is stagnant and you're moving. But with a camera, you have to worry about performing to the camera plus performing to the audience. And I think he did the smart thing and always chose the audience over the camera stuff. Right. But, yeah, uh, I, 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 he's- hold, hold up, hold up. Because the, I think
2: nobody, you know, Frank Oz is a great, right? Like everyone, we we all love uh, Frank Oz. Uh, his director credits are I would say kind of hit and miss for me personally. Mm. And I don't know that behind the camera, they were really making the right choices. One thing that we, that we noted right from the beginning of, of this discussion that I actually can't really justify is why they left Bill Gates in like, it's funny <laughs> for us to talk about it, but think about it. Think about being at the computer and you've got all this footage And it's like, hey, we're going to, there's this part at the end, there's a lot of cameos from celebrities that came to see it. Let's leave Bill Gates in. That's a pretty wild choice. And honestly, I think there were just some choices behind the the camera that I did not like and that that took me out of it. Because literally, of course, the Bill Gates thing is going to take, like, who in the world would be watching this and see Bill Gates claim that he was a leader and it not take
1: them out of it? I challenge you (laughs) to stay in it for that part. That is distracting. how yeah, can you sit, funny. could somebody sit that close to Bill Gates and not be like, can I get like a five for like something? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I know hey, you just got you
2: know, it. Like, Windows is actually like super annoying, bro. You're... So like, can you buy me a beer or something? <laughs> like, I've had a lot of trouble with your shit, like my whole life, man.
0: Did, did you know the interest you've earned since we sat down could pay for everyone I've ever met to ha- not have to work the rest <laughs> of their lives?
2: See, it's like, it. it it's like that that should not be be in there and there's just, there's just some things like that that I feel like this wasn't um directed well as far as for um I want to be careful here cuz uh it it does seem like in you know th- there was a director for the actual stage show itself and I think all of that stuff makes sense as a live performance but I don't know that Frank Oz made the right choices to make this work as a filmed piece of of one man theater, basically. Yeah,
3: and I, yeah, I, I, I would agree that that the keeping Bill Gates in there is it does throw you out of the experience. Well, so yeah, it's,
1: it's the same thing <laughs> I said. Like personally, with like the interstitial skits, like yes. skits that yeah, were. In yeah. the, I agree I with you also completely. Thought those those Bill Gates stuff like that. It's like it's the same common thing. And if I if I'm correct, I believe which is something I also this is why i asked if the the show the live show had those like sketches in it because frank oz directed the live show and then oh so it is it is strange like he he directed the show and then like redirected it to film it it seems I like an interesting approach but there's just certain choices and i think it probably did come to like Look you, Derek looks like he's about to cry. We can't just keep an eye on him. We have to show a smoky code table somewhere else. You know?
3: yeah, but um, well, the li- the live show too, like like watching I was talking going back to like the double take and going, oh, he's definitely not an actor. Yeah, Derek is not an actor, and like and oh, I don't I have a hard time even calling him a performer, even when I saw it live,
0: yeah, you said he just didn't like, perform very much. It makes sense. Miss-
3: and just watching, and you can kind of tell, especially, you know, if we're all performers, like, the, just basic stuff. Like, I, a lot of people I couldn't couldn't hear him, for one. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was so fucking quiet. My seats were quite close, but I think yeah. I knew that I heard wind that some people could not hear anything he was saying at the, set at the back, because he's just got no experience in, in a theatre.
0: Right? Yeah, that's interesting. Um,
3: and it, was a, it wasn't it was a big theater, but it was big enough that you would know as a performer that you would have to do some kind of diction and projection while you're on stage. Yeah. And then also, whether it was, I'm going to say maybe Frank Oz to just go, just try and be yourself. And if you're saying his headshot, he always looks sad and that's just who he is, then that's what we're getting. But I wouldn't really call that a performer.
0: Well, a I think performant. that actually makes sense for what we know about his life because that section he did on his card mechanic skills Like, those are the kind of skills that you have to, like, go to prison for 10 years to learn. Like, those are really, like, life-sapping kind of work. Like, it's so hard. It's the kind of thing that you practice all day instead of practicing projecting or facial expressions. So I think this is a result of him having... Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, he spent his whole life not connecting with people because he would sit through high school doing magic tricks all day, and so this—I think that part is showing.
1: Can, you know, in comedy, I could feel like if I it was like—I remember one time I was at this really terrible club opening for a headliner whose big closer was he strips down to a uh, a thong <laughs> and dances in the audience.
0: Oh well, and, now I have figured out who it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and me I, too.
1: I remember <laughs> like. Going home, like, after, like, having not a very good set, and he killed it, just crushed. And, oh, yeah, like, going home and being like, what am I doing with my life? I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing, <laughs> but I don't want to be that, right? And yeah. I think that with magic, that that thought probably carries through because there's so much more theatricality than even in, like, stand-up or music or something like that, you
3: know? Well, I think, I think it is a conscious choice that most magicians don't think about, which is what makes... In and of itself, stand out more—not um, just to magicians, but to the public. Because I think a lot of people who watch the show live had no idea it was a magic show because they didn't sell it as such. Which, which oh, is wise and and good. Maybe they heard wind from a friend who might have seen it before, but there's there's no. From what I remember, there was no in the adverts for it. Nothing saying come to a magic show. And That's and I believe that magic I've seen in theater productions like Matilda or, or anything else, yeah. magic plays stronger when you don't expect it. So magic in any kind of theater theatrical production. Um, like I've seen productions of a Christmas Carol where the bell levitates and this and that, and the audience yeah, is yeah. just yeah. completely flabbergasted. And I think that's when magic works best is, is when it's, You know, maybe just covered in a story um, with a beginning, middle, and end, or when you least expect it. So you're not coming in with the attitude of, okay, magician, I know you're going to trick me, and I want to figure out how it's done. It catches them more by surprise and and emotion.
0: Teller directed a Macbeth version that involved a lot of stage magic for blood and stuff, but it was like this is Shakespeare, and then the magic is like a huge surprise and and yeah. a delight to people.
3: Yeah, I mean, I but think- the magic is actually written in Macbeth, like it's in the script.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah no, it's the, yeah, it's stuff perfect, stuff but it's story-based. but the way it's
3: presented, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Without
1: going into like spoilers, the last trick, like the very last five seconds of the show, is like this big payoff that you don't even know is coming. You don't. Wait, expect. are you talking about the brick? No, no, the, oh, the okay. final illusion on stage.
0: Yeah, yeah, the car, the, the, the. Everyone standing all up. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. the,
1: not that. No, the. the, oh, the no, the The, the, pictures. the chambers. Yes, the I, pictures. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. I'm trying to not. Oh, that. Stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But the way, like, that hits, because it's so unexpected, and he doesn't spend any time on it. It's yeah. just the, like, the exclamation point on the end of yeah. his show. Like, I think that is the stuff that, in like there's a few of those in this. That is the stuff that floored me the most. Uh, It's like the stuff that you really, because in in most magic tricks shows, it is like there's so much setup and, you know, running through and like table setting. And this, it's just quiet table setting in the background for 90 minutes or whatever till this big payoff. And I was like, that's the stuff. Like the the code section is another great one where it's like all these different tricks and you think you know where it's going till the very very end when it completely yeah. like swerves on everything you just saw before it like that's the stuff that I I found actually like almost <laughs> profound and moving and like that was some of the most impressive tricks I've seen. Okay,
0: a so this is a, this is a game exactly the game that I want to play. So I want to um, know what tricks so i think so okay so i think we can we can mention them by effect and we can even give a little bit of detail without spoiling it too much so like the card section well the card section is great because it's a kind of thing where you could describe the whole thing and it wouldn't make it any less impressive to watch it yeah um whereas the picture thing i think you could kind of give stuff away um uh i think so for me my favorite part of the show is the cards by a a mile because the way anthony the way you got into magic And spent several years in high school, um, is a little different from me. The way I got into magic is closer to the way he describes in his story with the wolf. Like, I have a story of meeting a guy, his name was PJ and not the wolf, who became my teacher in doing secret card sheets because I wanted to be a card mechanic. Like, I that was my that was that hit really close to home. We didn't have a gun, and I stopped doing it when I started uh, dating in college. But for a while I was really into trying to be a card cheat. And I had a person who I tried to cheat one time and he was like, here's how you actually do this. And so it was like, that part was so incredible to me. And also the tricks he's doing, like he does this, he does a, a middle deal. So he deals from the bottom. He deals a second card. Those are things that are hard, but normal, but he deals from the middle, which is exceptionally difficult. And there's a, there's a book called the magician and the card sharp about uh, a, a, People like trying to find the first person they'd ever heard of who could do this move. And they spend like 10 years tracking him down, interviewing people in jail to get to his house and finally have him admit, oh, yeah, I can deal from the middle and here's how I do it. And it's that, I mean, that's one of those that feels like you have to like give up 10 years of your life to be able to do that. Billy, is that fair? That one's that one's real yeah. hard.
3: No, yeah, all all the deals that he does, all the from the from the top, from the bottom to the middle, those are all really really difficult. Like you do spend years of your life trying to perfect. Those I,
0: moves. I can um, do some seconds. I'm, I can I can do a pretty decent second deal, and that's how I occupy myself on airplanes whenever I have a long flight. Is I just sit there and deal seconds on my little tray while I listen to podcasts. I, I thought love you were going to say
1: you you uh, you passengers out of their cat. <laughs>
0: you scroll around from I, road I
1: mean, around. Anyone want to play uh, some poker? Anyone? <laughs> I, do.
0: I, I mean, I've, I have only only once or twice an uh, access hunter. I've literally exactly three times used these skills for evil. And most of the time it's oh, for, nice. for fun. Um, well, <laughs> well,
3: can the, uh, I, can I yeah. ask you I, think, I think, Yeah.
1: Uh, just uh magic. This is so there's a lot of stuff in this show that I think I have like a pretty have my sort of head around in terms of the mechanics, but there's one point I kind of want to just get uh, Alex and Billy's opinion on this and Hunter too. Okay. So in the code section, he's talking about uh, sort of dealing them out in order. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a big reveal at the end about this, but there's a scene when he has all those spades out and they're not in order. And he looks at them real fast, like for like two or three seconds. And it's like obvious, it's long enough that the audience is supposed to register that he's looking at them to put them in order real fast. But it doesn't matter because everything else is already in order. So my question is, Is that part when he looks at the codes? Is that misdirection as well?
0: Can I I take my guess and then Billy can tell me if you think I'm right? Sure. So, my my guess is I've seen other tricks that I know this is true of, but my guess is the looking at them is a distraction. It is a misdirection to make you think that's what he's doing. And then he has something else. I assume because the end of that card routine with the cards, with the ordered cards, I assume is just a cooler. I assume that's how he would do that. I've seen that. That's how other people would do that. I don't see like a reason not to even. So Billy, am I, am I on the right track? Do you think? So
3: when he's looking at the cards in his hands, yeah. um, just so listeners know, they're all the spades from ace yeah. to king, but they're not in order. And then he just looks at them. He turns the cards over, deals them out again, and they're all in order. Yeah. Um, the looking at them is not a misdirection. I think that is just like an acting thing. Just looking at them. Okay. To make us think um what he's doing is Okay
0: so we are we're we're using the wrong word but we agree with you on what's happening. Yes Yeah
3: it, he, he is putting them in order but there's there's no switch or anything no he is doing sleight of hand to do that.
0: You, it's hard. for the for the other three suits though you don't think and that's the, a Oh and the and corner? the other
3: three suits um you know I have to I'd have to look back and watch it but no he's uh, probably controlling that being, could being at the could be controlling that the time. Yeah I mean yeah, it's very possible. I can, I can tell I you for sure I've seen that trick on
0: I've seen a trick just like that on Fool Us, and that was the answer.
3: It's a common trick, but but there's many ways of doing the same thing. Right, of effect. course, yeah. But With yeah, Derek's skills, he could have easily not brought in the cooler. Yeah, oh, okay, so my, okay. My, my
1: point was the kind of I think we we're all in agreement that the that him looking at it, like he could have put them in order without looking at it. He looks at it solely as misdirection for the audience
0: or as acting. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think that is like that's the stuff. Like that is to me is like. It's the same thing as like when you hear like a really good joke or see like a really good line of dialogue in a movie or something and it's just like like the really small little clever things that go to really sell a trick uh like that is the, my favorite stuff in it like that is probably the moment that has stuck with me the most just because it's it is unnecessary but it goes so far in taking the audience along with you to okay. really pack a punch later So you that's know? the
0: part that like those are the parts that hit you the most i like i'm so for me the whole card mechanic section hits me the hardest because even if i know some of the moves which is only a few of them but i know some of the moves and i know how long it would take you to learn it that it's just beautiful to watch whether or not you know some of the parts but also there's a lot of stuff i have no idea so that that section really was powerful to me um i think on the flip side the thing that i felt the least in, emotionally involved with is the brick um So first he sets up he's like he tells you a sad story that involves a brick and then he's like now I feel really bad guys because whenever you see this brick you're going to be sad because you're going to think about a sad story I told you let me help you recontextualize this brick and I don't believe that there's a single person who's ever seen the show who was like really upset that you'd given a brick a weird connotation. Yeah, I don't think anybody was like, "Oh, you ruined (laughs) this fucking brick for me." I used to love this brick. Now I can only think of sad story. So like, the setup (laughs) is weird. (laughs) And then you're like, "Oh, this brick is now at a a surprising distance away from us, somewhere in New York, at a a block that you have specified." Like. This is the one I feel no problem telling you how I think they did it. I think right. there's a person at that theater with a right. fucking bicycle who had to bike yep. out to third <laughs> yeah. and Avenue of America's and set a brick down. Like who I there's no reason to believe it's the same brick, and it could be that's just your fucking bike friend. <laughs> and, like well, it's it's so funny part is, like, because... emotionally, I don't follow it, and then the big reveal is like surprise, it's at third. Like, who cares? You know what though? You know what would have been, been really
2: funny is if at that point somebody like the second that he revealed what was going Going on um if somebody had just stood up and been like oh yeah is it really there and then they just <laughs> run out of the theater as fast as they can and then
0: they raced them but the other pr- they would still have a 10 second head start on you I don't know if, if, if they, you're fast when he was when he was doing this trick in L.A., it's harder because, you know, someone had to wait in traffic for two hours to get to that <laughs> oh intersection. God.
2: That would be so mean to do that trick in L.A. How dare but, you? But he did. He
0: did it for a while. And it was like, although on the flip side, since there's no pedestrian traffic in L.A., for the most part, a brick on the corner is just like next to some other trash and no one cares. In well, New if- York, I think someone would be like, hey, that's a perfectly good brick. <laughs> I'm going to keep this
1: brick. I can, I can hawk these to my construction
0: friends. But, yeah, yeah. It's painted but, gold? Fucking cool. Brick.
1: That's, that's the funny thing was I can imagine him trying it with like something that has sort of more inherent sentimental value. But if you leave that on a street corner, people are going to take it.
0: So I just right. imagine that buying
1: <laughs> a bunch of different items. Oh Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to make
0: my mom's necklace disappear. Now it's on the corner of 3rd and 8th. Like, no, it isn't anymore, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: So they just like trying to, I don't know, a stuffed animal? No, yeah. people take those. Uh, a framed yeah, picture? Funny. No, someone will take that. A brick. A brick and then obviously, one goddamn thing no one will take.
0: Obviously, I think one of my favorite effects, but also one that I don't think is particularly mysterious, is the letter. Um, so those are my general thoughts, but like, so Hunter, totally different side. Yeah. What, so what I, tricks I jumped at you and what didn't
2: I, it's, it's great that you brought up the letter. Cause I actually didn't really like the letter very much. No, like I liked it as a trick, but I didn't like it very much as a, I just thought it was, um, not to, not to get kind of call outy about it. Cause I don't feel that strongly about it, but I just felt a little weird how it was like the show right now is um I, I mean i guess there's two possibilities right like i guess it could be uh like uh to be really cynical it could be a plant maybe it's just some actor um yeah, I, or I don't think number so, but yeah. number two it's a real person um and they just did like a lot of well actually i don't want to ruin the trick but yeah um if it's a real no, person exactly,
0: they did a lot of dot 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 is exactly yeah. right
2: For they, sure, they they did the a lot, there's a
3: lot of dot, there's dot, dot, dot. a lot a lot of dot 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 i'll tell you the first time i saw the show when they got to the letter, mm-hmm. he asked, it was like uh, a plumber. The guy was, I chose, I am a plumber. And yeah. he's like, that's a plumber. A plumber, can you come down to the stage? And the guy refused.
0: <gasps> oh. He said yeah. no.
3: And I was like, this is amazing. Because I can tell by Derek's reaction, this is not supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, then you put a plumber. lot of work into
0: this plumber. The
3: guy is fucking up the show on purpose or just does not want to come down. And Derek was pissed off. And he climbed amazing. back up the ladder, put back the letters, and said... In the whatever, in the, the, all the shows I've done, in the 300 odd shows I've done, this has never happened before, and he was mad, and I could tell he was mad. Yeah. And it is very rare for for a volunteer or in this or anyone to kind of refuse someone like that. And yeah. I was like, wow, this is interesting. So he went back to the pile of the IM cards, went back to someone in the audience, was like, pick another, and they picked another, and he had to get somebody else. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I'm so glad I saw that,
0: That's uh, and that so made me cool. appreciate
3: how much bloody work is going on behind the yeah, yeah. scenes. let I mean, this show. is
0: The word that my wife and I kept talking about was contingencies. Like, how many contingencies did they have to work into this bit? Because the the part that's not impressive is, like, obviously he knew it was going to be the plumber. He just spent a half an hour showing us that he can do literally anything with cards. And then he's going to be like, and now I'm going to pick a random card.
2: Yeah, it's like, why do you even do that? Why why even tell me that it's going to be a random card? You already showed me what you could do. Just pick whatever card you
3: want. But but also, don't forget, it was an audience member that picked the card.
0: Oh, it yes. wasn't on the TV show, was it? Yeah. Yeah, well,
3: yep. He he takes it, it. So if you think back, he, he takes the cards, he gets an audience member to pick one of the cards.
0: Oh, I don't remember um, that. I thought it was I thought he just turned it over and yelled, because he did that other uh, times, but I'm confusing he, But still even, Yeah, the fact that he can that, have a he, yeah, he, you he just make showed an audience me. member pick
1: the card he wants. It's yeah. the same You don't, that is, you don't think that, that, that I true. remember
0: that, your mastery with cards, Derek? You just told but, me you're a fucking wolf.
1: But that is yeah. also I think that like the letter trick is a great example of something that I do think works on film, but the through editing, uh, especially cutting the multiple different people stuff, you lose seeing that in one continuous go with one person having this experience. Right. I I think that Hmm. is the type of thing that that probably works. I would imagine at least way better live than it does. Like, it's very cool to see it like cut so you know it's not a plant it like yeah you had to it show it's not a plant it.
0: but also just the face what i liked about it on film is how close the camera was to watch their face change because mm. that is an effect yeah where like the mystery is not that mysterious if you spend any time thinking about it but the person's face changing is what's beautiful about that trick is what i think is watching somebody see a miracle in front of their eyes well like yeah. it's we're not watching a miracle we're watching someone experience a miracle and that is it's like really what cool.
3: david blaine did right like that's what made david blaine famous is that was yes. in a way the first time we got to see the audience's reaction the reactions were, he, were most and that's of that what got us, yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I, also i, this I just my...
2: i just want to say though i, I want to get my take in here real quick before we unpack this a little more because to me um the show starts and and like i said my, m- one thing that i kept kind of thinking about was like I kind of want to get to know this guy Derek because we're in this kind of one man show format. I feel like I'm not really getting to to know him really. Um and then you get to this trick where um without without going into it, there is a moment where the show really is just one audience member having a very emotional reaction to yeah. something on stage and it it I knew how I was supposed to feel, but I actually it made me feel a little it it felt like a little bit the fact that the whole show right now is just this one emotional reaction felt a little bit exploitative in a way that I don't think I would feel if I was in the room or I don't think I would have felt it. If I felt like Derek had really been revealing himself a lot tonight, you know what I mean? Like I feel like, I think that's a take that
0: I, I understand and could imagine myself feeling, but I don't feel right now. And I don't know why that is, but I like, I admire what you're, I agree with what you're saying. Theoretically, The one thing is that Derek did, I think Derek thought he was sharing more than he was. Mm. And that was actually the other thing that kind of bugged me. This is my hot take was that I thought the story about his mother was not great Mm -hmm. because I felt like he took an experience that was really his mother's experience. Right. Yes. And told the whole thing without ever acknowledging how his mom might have felt like taking his mom's basically getting driven out of Colorado Springs, Colorado because of her sexuality and made it about how kids were mean to him right is, it just felt like it was lacking her humanity in a way and i'm really glad we saw her at the end crying because i felt like before that he it felt exploitative of that story to make that his when it wasn't so that was the part and that was right before the brick so like the whole brick trick i felt like i was like i'm just not on board and i don't want to sound like i'm not having a good time in the special because anthony i'm really glad you got me into this and i really did enjoy i was like on board with 90 percent of what he said but the places where I got off board were like this brick thing. I just wasn't feeling in the story of this mom, I just and, felt and, like I mean, it lacked perspective. I want to throw a
2: quick disclaimer in because we're throwing around the exploitative word. And I feel like people could hear that. and say, well, yes. Lots of like theater is exploitative. Lots of this stuff. Yes. Like, that's, that, it's It's fine. It's fine to exploit people for entertainment. I think for me, I would have just loved it a lot more had I felt like Derek was really revealing himself. So it seemed fair. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Oh, he had some really honest moments up there. So now an audience member can have a really visceral, emotional moment, a moment. But by the end of the show, I kind of felt like that moment with the letters was way more pure than anything I got out of him.
0: Mm. Yes. I, mean, I think I, that's uh, true. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: I, I uh, agree Anthony, with you... that. I just, yeah, go ahead. I just, want to say one thing about the letters is that I do think that it would be ex- more exploitative if it was like real magic. Uh, but because you, like, just as, <laughs> as, a, as a viewer, you ha- if you logically think through the steps of how they did that trick and mm-hmm. the the people they had to reach out to to get involved in the trick, right?
0: Like, yes, there, yeah. is,
3: there every, is. On a daily basis, too. Like, yes, that's what yes. we think of it every day they're doing
0: this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for every 500 day. shows. Plus, they were yeah. doing it in LA. Yeah.
1: And, like, it's when it gets to like the mechanics of it, I think that's the type of thing that almost softens it. Like, that's the thing is like I I would found it I would find it more powerful if I did like I think it was in the room and I was watching the experience, but because again because of the editing and the cutting the different people, I was able to think through. Okay, so how do they? Uh, they must have just done exactly what we're all thinking. They just did. It's right. just impressive the scale of it. Like,
0: well, so this fact, is one of my favorite my favorite types of magic, and the way Derek described it in, in, in an interview was like it's the, it's a kind of magic where believing it's a miracle is almost easier than believing we did that much work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
3: That's a great way of putting it because, I love well, I mean, that. But, but you know, you could take that, that quote and apply it to almost any magic trick that's ever been invented because, because most magic we are doing and practicing things that most people would think yes. what human would spend that amount of time right. doing. Right. same thing
0: with like dealing from the middle. Exactly. It's like he spent Exa- 10 years exactly doing Exactly that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, well, I think also what why Derek show has an impact on a lot of people, just as far as magic goes, is that besides the card bit, all the other tricks, uh, were original. They're not things that yes. not magic that you've seen any other magician do before. A hundred percent. Right. Um,
0: uh, this reminds me of a, uh, it was a trick that Penn and Teller did on, uh, one of their, they're like water special. They had one, where, but there's a, yep. I think it's on the beach where they're like, it's and and I, they have talked about how it's done. So it's pretty simple to spoil it, but it's like you hide, one you hide a whole deck of cards around an area you hide it you could do it in your house you could do it on a beach whatever but you like hide each card in a different place and you just fucking memorize where they are and then you have somebody pick a card and you're like i knew you'd pick that that's in the drawer under the bed on the left hand side and you reveal it and all it is is that you spent a fucking month Right. memorizing the location of 52 cards. So no matter what they said, you could reveal it. And on the Pen and Teller version of it, they showed them fucking it up a bunch of times. Cause they didn't actually put that much time into memorizing it. So they kept being like, is it this under the tray? And then there was the wrong card and it's very fun. Uh, but that like, it's what I, I think is a little different with that. And the, like the dealing is that it's like, it's actually not particularly special skill. It's just free time and sick mind. And I like it's that. Wh- and that's which That's what I, I, then,
3: are. It is like, It is just stupid. (laughs) It it just
0: delights me. So I like that a lot. the extent
3: of what we do. And Derek's show, you know, when you watch it and you want to work it out yourself, yeah, I would say most people could probably work it out. But they would probably not believe their theory because they're like, who would do that? That's insane. Especially, Especially at the end when everybody, well, not everybody, but when most of the audience are are stood up and he does that bit telling them who they are. I'm like, that's an insane amount of work. That is happening yeah. in a very short amount of time from right. the moment people walk into the theater. So the yes, end, I'm like, I'm like, I don't. Yeah, he's drained by the end of it, but yeah, mentally.
0: yeah, for sure. I so mean, is, which was the one, Billy? For you, what's the what's what had the biggest impact for you? And what is there something that you maybe did not feel as much impact for? If you're willing to talk shit,
3: um, biggest impact for me. I mean, I think it's if I'm going into my magician brain, it would yeah. be going. Oh wow, there's a lot of there's a lot of work being put into this. Yes. to make okay. these to make these effects happen. To me, I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I know how this stuff works. It's insane that he is is doing this on a daily basis. So, I'm appreciating it from a totally like magic. Yeah, the
0: perspective. daily basis is worth reemphasizing. Like if if this was like a short run, it was 4 weeks of tests and then we filmed it. Right. And that's the that's like the David Blaine style is like most of these things have to work once. You just have to walk around all day, film it a bunch of times. If it works once and the people's reaction is good, that goes in the special. You're just yeah. like doing this for the TV. This was a theatrical experience that had to work, except for the plumber, every single night for 500 nights in a row. That's bananas. Well, nice. uh, you
3: know, the fact, the fact that I saw a show where it messed up, where the plumber guy didn't want to come down, that made me go, oh shit, he's got a backup plan and even that's insane. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So,
3: uh, Not- that he's doing every day to make these effects happen and that's where for me i appreciate it the, the most as far as the magic goes yeah um and that it was and that it was new magic you know so and the and the letter bit you know i thought it's it's just you know i was probably more impressed by the book and which wasn't even yeah. a trick
0: interesting I thought, oh, the book well, thing was cool
3: that's, oh, that's man. 40, oh, i'm that's so
0: 40. interested in hearing your thoughts on this because the book i did not care about at all that was the part where he was like this is just pure one-man show art bullshit that is not interesting to anybody, but you guys both yeah. like it. So please well, tell me, tell me why I'm wrong. Can I, I like
3: the d- book. It, oh. it took, in a way, sorry, it, it went beyond the, the the walls of the theater, and it was for mm-hmm. yes. me as a performer. I was like, that's a, that's very cool, kicking someone out in the middle of your show. Yes, I like yeah. that
0: part for sure.
3: Like, who wants to do that, right? Like, I would love to do that, but the trust that you'd have to have with these people coming back, like, yes. so that kind of whole. Circular storyline. No, I
0: love. Like, I, okay, I love that. that, and idea. I love the size and weight of the book. But then the actual content is like it's a, it's, it's thousands of pages that you can't read because you're giving the book away, and we can't right. read. And so it's just for one person to go read this book. I, it just it didn't have a big impact on me, except for the size and the. I just thought it was a part.
2: neat idea. I'm not. I'm yeah. not saying I like loved it and and connected to sure. it, but I I thought it was yeah. a cool idea, and I, I I thought it kind of made the audience feel like a cohesive group in a neat way. Um yeah. that that definitely for some reason made sense to me uh via film, even though other things didn't.
3: Yeah, I mean okay, so I was we have, Anthony, Anthony say... we have
0: to we have to wrap up real quick because uh Billy's gotta get to another or her legs at no, least I'm, have to I'm get to still,
3: a meeting. Yeah. No, I'm i st- I'm still okay. Yeah,
0: We're but I good. but we do we do have a couple more quick things I want to do. So let's get our final thoughts here on Derek. So well, I
3: just say one
1: last thought on the book and this kind of goes into sort of sort of what we've been talking about the past few minutes. is like the thing I think is really cool about the book and something I really love about shows when they can work in ideas, like this is the type of show because of so many other things, they can only do one show a night. Like he could not do three. Oh, promises, true. like two a night and three on Sunday of this show. Of right? And just because of everything else, it would be, if this show does not scale, if you remove the book, the rest of the show does not scale to multiple shows a night. Right. And the book is a way to like, okay, let's take that and work in a new idea on top of it. Right. It is like yeah. everything about this show and like the stuff that really works all feeds into each other and builds out to like a bigger co- like, like most like mosaic of imagery and magic and ideas. And that's the stuff that really worked and the stuff that, doesn't apply to that mosaic is the stuff that didn't work for me as much. But I think the book is such a great idea of like, we can only do one show a night anyway. So let's, yeah let's like do this. Like, it it's seems a- like
0: not scaling is like Derek's favorite thing. It's like I have a limit to how many people can see it. It doesn't work on TV. I can only do one a night. It takes this much work from this team of people. Like not scaling is kind of cool. And I like the that a lot. book
1: would be like a very cool thing to have after the run or like auction it off at some point or like. Yeah, that's you true. You do a lot of really cool things with that book. Like you could publish that as a coffee table book, right? There's so many things you could do with this like living document that they make
0: uh, Yeah, that's true i
3: like that. that book that book reminded me of post secrets do you know that book oh
0: yes, post um secrets. do you remember yeah. people would
3: write anonymous postcards and they'd be yeah there, like, deepest darkest secrets and yeah that's what that book reminds me of in a way
0: yeah that's true i do like that um, all right so final thoughts hunter do you have a, uh, anything else you want to make sure you get in yeah. there any more hot takes
2: um well i uh you know I, I this is more just like a message to because it I, I do feel like maybe in this conversation I sounded like the most negative person on this I actually um am really glad that I saw it and what I really want to stress is that I want more stuff like this um I want to to see it on my streaming platforms um mm. I really like a uh, one person show style stuff um even though there were some aspects of this that didn't work for me i think it's because i actually got really excited about the the uh performance and story aspect of it and then i felt kind of let down by those by those pieces but i i like i've always been a big fan of uh uh spalding gray even though he's been like super uh skewered he was skewered on an episode of documentary now um in a way that was uh hilarious if you have ever seen that um But uh, he's he's great. And uh, like um, like we were talking about before, like with uh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and stuff like that across the pond, uh, one man show is like a very popular format. And I don't I don't see why I shouldn't get more of it because I I really like it every time uh, I experience it. And I think there were a lot of really good ideas in this piece that I think if Derek had been a little more on the actor side and even maybe a little less magician. Like if somebody kind of like sees this and's like, oh, I can do this, except I'm a little more of an actor. I would probably be like my favorite shit, to be honest.
0: Like, I would probably yeah. really love I, it. I, I can see that. It's very up your alley. I want to see him develop
1: two more shows like this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like, honestly, first time doing this is, is very good. I could imagine. It's a second show, but
0: the first one on the streaming.
1: But yeah, the sec the first one, the like after filming them, looking at it and kind of working that into the next one, yeah. uh, I think could be something special. I would also just uh, Hunter, just if you it's very different, but uh, I was telling you guys about David Burns American Utopia, uh yeah. which is a one of I the great. See that. One of the best live performances I have ever seen. Super innovative. uh, Really just does stuff that I've never seen a live show do before. And it's amazing. Uh, And like seeing this and that within the same like week, I was just like, fuck yeah. It was a really good week of watching stuff.
0: Yeah. I, um, my last thought, actually, I'll, I'll go last. Billy, one last thought on Derek. You want to make sure we get in here?
3: Yeah, well, I think um, for me as a magician, Derek show can show uh, an audience how strong magic can be when it's presented well, uh, and I do wish like there's more shows like this or just more magicians thinking outside of the box, really um so to make magic more mainstream so we can at least be on the same level as comedians
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, the last thing we need is more competition um my final thought is the one thing by far my least fair part of the entire special is the opening of the special is the words on screen telling me to silence my cell phone it's my fucking house derek you can't start by telling me how to live my life in my home ha- if we're in a theater yeah silence your cell phone this is my couch I'm gonna have my phone on if I want. Like, <laughs> he just started from a hole there by telling me how to live my life. I did not care for it. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. I, I
2: I liked that he was tell that he dared to tell me what to do in my own house. I <laughs> obeyed. You know, I was like, yes,
0: Derek. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, we have one and a half more segments to go before we wrap up. So stick around. Hey,
1: okay. Billy. Uh, like. Yeah. Is Zoom magic shows a thing right now? Oh, yeah.
3: Zoom magic shows are, are, are very big a thing right now, but um, not for me because I hate them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, you don't want to just spend $600 on that Wikipedia trick?
3: No, no. I wouldn't even dream of it. I've done a few Zoom shows only because they've asked me to, and I was yeah. like, yeah, I'll take your money. Um, but that's kind of what it felt like. I, I actually. The the few Zoom shows I've done, when I've hung up the call, I've said out loud to myself, "What a loser!"
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> no I feel I feel like a complete and utter loser doing a Zoom show, and then my living room is a mess, and I just I much rather get on a plane or drive somewhere far away, make a mess there, put it in my box, and think about it the next day. But <laughs> it's not normal, and I hope it doesn't become normal once this is over. I don't think mm-hmm. it will.
0: Uh, there, there is. I have. I do have done a bunch of Zoom comedy, and one of the bookers that I've worked with has had enough conversations with mostly corporate places, but that but he believes this will continue to be a kind of comedy that will exist. Um, which I'm a little skeptical of, but I'm even more skeptical of it with magic. I think yeah. there's like a couple tricks that make sense, and they're just they cost a lot of money, and then that's it. It's not that well, this exciting. This next us, but... trick,
1: I'm going to make my background a different picture. <laughs> <laughs> now,
3: I'm floating. <laughs> I hope that, well, you know, everyone's saying that when this is all over, it's going to be like the Roaring Twenties and, and we're going to yeah. thrive in live performances. And I do believe that's true. The word on the street in Vegas is that's what's happening. So there's a lot of I, planning.
0: Especially in Vegas, I think. will definitely that'll be true. So normally here, this is um, normally time where we would do the argument. And the argument we were going to have was going to be about, um, since last week we did Greatest Space Movies, we're going to talk about Greatest Magic Movies. But here is the problem I've run into is that I know at least two of the panelists here today do not believe there is a single... Item that deserves to be on this list. So instead, oh, wait, no, to, no,
2: no. I I believe there should be exactly one item sorry. on this list, okay, and you think, already claimed it. And I already so. claimed it anyway.
0: So yeah, my my argument is going to be the Prestige because it's my one of my favorite movies of any kind of all time, and I just absolutely adore the Prestige. And um, Hunter, you thought there's nothing left after that, and I was before we talked, I mentioned to Billy we're going to do this, and I said, but Hunter doesn't think there's a lot of good movies about magic, and you said completely agree.
3: Well, I yeah, wanted uh... if I could do the Prestige to be the only one, but overall, yeah, we don't have a good rating. Well, (laughs) I
1: wanted to sort of change the question then. Okay. It's because there's not great movies about magic, but one of my favorite things to do, especially on, like, talk shows, they will always bring this out, but if an actor has to learn a trick for a movie, like a movie, like, there is, you know, like, obviously, like, the, uh, what's that really bad? Woody Harrelson, Dave Franco, Now You See Me. Yeah, Now You See Me. But like They learned a bunch of tricks, but, like, The one I always go to is Rachel Wise um, in The Brothers Bloom learns this really, Mm. really amazing uh, ace reveal trick. And she does it flawlessly while reciting this very emotional monologue. And it's, like, one of my favorite clips. I just like to put it on every once in a while on YouTube. Just because to do, like, a really complex color trick in one shot plus deliver this monologue is like really impressive. I mean, hell, Derek couldn't even do it very well. And he's a professional magician, you know? Uh, so like that's one I always that's come back
0: to a good thing. Also, um, uh, Paul Rudd in Ant-Man does a Backpom production. Um, oh, yeah. I think, which I really enjoy. Because I oh, love yeah. Backpombing. Backpombing is one of my favorite things. Um, and I, it's a great, I, like, I, learnable trick.
3: Sorry, another movie probably you haven't seen, um, which I would recommend because it's interesting, is called the Great Buck Howard, featuring John Malkovich.
0: So I have—it's I, funny—I have this queued up because you told me to watch it, but it's been yeah. a year since we hung out, and I have yet not yet watched it. So I—I I appreciate you reminding me.
3: Well, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> It's—it's—he's—he's um, it's, he's basically its a character based off of the amazing creskin, who was a mentalist. But as far as magic movies go, it's not like your normal cheese, and it's, but it's not like the prestige. It's more character driven. But yeah, I'd put um, that one out there.
0: A movie that I really liked um is uh, bec- well I, I cuz I was brief- I was trying to be a card sheet. so I really liked um The Cincinnati Kid which is a poker movie oh, from yeah. from way back and there the dealer does not magic but does just some flourishes yeah. and um, what's funny is that the magician consulting on, or the card uh, mechanic consulting on the show, is a uh, a larger man, and the character is the de- the dealer playing his lady fingers, and she is a, a slight woman, and so you see, like from a distance, you see her holding the cards, and then you see this close up of these huge hairy hands, but with red nail polish on them do a couple of moves and then it goes back to her, the wide shot of her holding the cards. And it's just hilarious. Um, but it's what, it's just like a couple of bases, like a, a fan and then a couple of like a, a couple of cuts. And I was, and that, that's the reason I learned those. So my way of getting into flourishes was just like, if you do something on a movie, I'm going to spend, I'm going to pause it and rewind it and then like spend the next year learning that thing. And that's why I, le- I learned, like just like quarter rolling down your knuckles because of a movie that somebody did that in. And like, so that, anyways, just watching this guy's hands pretend to be lady fingers. Um, the character's name, not just fingers. But yeah, anyway, it cracked <laughs> me up. But also, like, got me into doing some basic card flourishes. Yeah, I've cool. never learned how to do anything, but
2: uh, at all, just period. Uh, yeah, everything, I did, like, everything I have was just in. me. You Can't
0: walk. It's weird. Yeah.
2: No. No. I just knew how to do that. But like, oh, oh, have okay. I? I don't know if I've talked about this on a prior episode, but. Um, did you know that for the see, the next Now You See Me movie is called Now You See Me 3 instead of what it obviously should be, which is Now You See Me?
0: Oh. <laughs> <I know>. Well, <laughs> the second one should have been called Now You Don't, for sure, but Now You oh, See yeah, Me sure. is very funny. I agree with we that. You
1: know that that's what it was originally called, and some suit was like, people won't know it's a sequel to Now You See Me
0: <laughs> Right. And
1: they changed it to Now You See Me
0: 2, which is just now you see me it's such a stupid movie but i did watch it with a magician and that made it a little bit better um with a terrible magician um but we i was like opening for him at a comedy club he's a comedy magician slash ventriloquist and um which you can tell from the slash is not like a huge compliment right. um but he uh, the best he was just doing like the same like shit that other people do. Uh, you know, he was doing the bandana banana trick. Um, oh, really. yeah, exactly. Thank you. I would have um,
3: pulled out the gun there. I would have pulled out the gun.
0: Yeah, it was so so bad. He did a trick where he, like, borrows a lady's purse and finds a dildo in there. Woo, crazy. (laughs) But the best part was I was like, I want to go see this movie it's playing, and I want to see it with you, and I want to hear you hate it. And he was into it. But he's like, can we make a quick stop? I ran out of something that is crucial for my act. Can we just stop at, like, a drugstore? And I was like, ooh, I'm going to learn secrets. And so we go into a Rite Aid, and he literally buys magic tape. (laughs) <laughs> like just regular ass scotch tape but magic tape brand of scotch tape Beautiful. and that's what he, and he He really did need that for his act it wasn't a, i wish it was a joke i wish he would have been funny enough for that to have been a bit it was not a bit he was like no literally this holds something together in my hat and i was like <laughs> wait you don't realize how great it is that you buy magic tape for your act You had no idea
3: a round of tape here it's uh, yeah
0: mag- mag- it's a mag- yeah scotch tape it's just clear tape but um yeah. Yeah, but it's called, the brand is Magic Tape, and it's, uh, it's or it's it's Scotch brand Magic Tape. is the, Yeah, it's like a product from Scotch Tape. Anyway, but yeah, he just bought a thing that says Magic Tape, and that was his day. <laughs> anyway, um, I wish that movie had been good, but it obviously I, was I not. Mean,
1: that, that movie falls in the category, um, like, The Prestige does it purposefully, but, like, the... When a movie about magicians turns into legit magic, yes, uh, but they like in the prestige, like that's like the point and like the shocking reveal of it. Yeah, but it's in so, movies like The yeah. Illusionist, now you see me, they're supposed to just be regular magicians and yeah. they're literally doing stuff that is impossible You're doing
0: fucking miracles yeah absolutely. Doing,
1: like, legit miracles which is in, like- in the
0: prestige it becomes science fiction but because of a theme of like what would you give up to do this and since we were talking about that thing about like with this spent we spent six months and all these people working on all of the stuff and you don't believe we would put that much work in it's the prestige takes that to this insane level of like destroying your whole life for it or um, drowning yourself repeatedly for it, um, so it's like at least like even though it becomes science fiction, it's because of a theme, not just for for funsies. Yeah,
1: yeah I I always think about uh, I think it's the illusionist, but there's a point when uh, the magician is doing a trick on stage and it's clearly like a CG effect happening. Yeah, and I just like I just watch stuff like that, and it's, and it's just like, is that is that how it works live? That he's just like I, I, I'm just gonna sh- I'm just gonna perform the plate and then I'm gonna turn back some CG footage and shoot it and yeah, send it to yeah. you guys later it's just Wait, but, but the if thing you're doing, doing is a movie about capital tree, right? M
2: like magic and you're oh. not even willing to indulge in like movie magic I feel like that's a bad that's a bad sign you're not gonna make it practical
0: yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, totally. Isn't isn't he doing though? Um, like the the orange tree in the illusionist. I never actually saw it, but
3: it's yeah, like, I think uh, it's been a long time since I've seen that. But which I is like a real
0: is- and a real effect that has got like some lore and magic. But they were he just didn't bother to they didn't bother to learn it. They just did it in CG.
3: That's sad. Which I mean, is so it's sad. hard to find, but it is out there. You can. They could have had the budget. To-
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You got, if you can afford Edward Norton, you can afford that research. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> We, we, before we go, though, okay, so that's that's our, our talk on magic movies. Before we go, we have to read a couple of uh, mailbag entries from last week. i got some emails that I really want to share with you, uh, mostly with uh, Hunter and Anthony, but don't go anywhere, Billy. Okay, so really quick, from the email bag, um, first up, from Shannon, wrote in last week to say, listening to the space episode last week, um, and I would like to be the voice of reason for you, Alex, do not do drugs. <laughs> So you guys may remember we had a little conversation last week where you were saying that with my uh, focus, Anthony, that if I just agreed to do drugs, I could be an astronaut. Well,
1: specifically cocaine. Yeah, specifically you thought if I. Yeah, you'd be the mayor of Hollywood in 16 months. If, you if I could, if cocaine. I would just do cocaine.
0: Yeah. And uh, so Shannon said, I figure you guys are just joking around. But if the if inside your brain, a tiny voice goes, why not? Think of Shannon with a giant com- uh, comical hammer smushing that tiny voice creature. Smush, smush, smush. Don't do it. That's it. Continue on, Shannon. <laughs> so um, that's one vote for and one against uh, on drugs so far. So we'll see how that weighs thank, out. In thank the you, long Shannon. Run. Thanks. Thanks for looking out. <laughs> i I know we were we we like we don't talk about this uh much anthony uh and hunter both make fun of me a little bit for this and my um pristine living that i have done up till this point um and so i think that's where part of like the the joke is funnier to you guys than it is to people at home who don't know that about me um but like this action figure gestures at myself is still in the original packaging i am right. um, yes <laughs> i have not had a i've not had a drink like it, the idea of me jumping to coke is very very unlikely i i, I stopped using flonase because i don't like the way it feels in my nose like there's no way i'm doing <laughs> cocaine i mean there's-
1: i i wish i had a shannon when i was 14 let me tell <laughs> yeah, you what. i was about to say I shannon I could have used. Where were you and I who needed you, Shannon?
0: <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, uh, both of uh, my co-hosts have lived more life than me, and so I think that's the humor. And we have not. We were not clear on that, so I'm not actually going to become the mayor of Hollywood. I would rather oh. be a sober failure. Um, <laughs> all right, and then totally different. This is from Gabe. Um, You may remember last week we were talking about Anthony's game of the 40K universe. So what are some media properties, but just 40,000 years in the future. And Gabe sent us a great list, but I'll read a couple of them for you. Uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, 40K. That's awesome. On the deck of the USS Beverly Hills in space. Um, Parasite, 40K, which is just super depressing because we realize the same systematic social issues still exist. Um, Uh, Pass. (laughs) Pass. Yeah, hard pass on that one. Okay. Jurassic Park, 40K, a movie 85 million and 40,000 years in the making.
1: I I do like that.
0: And of course, this is a little bit meta, but Warhammer, 40K, 40K. Whoa. Just that again. Like, I I think you'd call it 80K, but that's me. I
2: I mean, you're assuming it's addition. I'm assuming that's 40K to the 40Kth power. No. That's how I'm thinking of it, man. You can't. yeah, I at can. At that point,
0: we're just ethereal. We're just vapor clouds looking exactly. at each it's other. It's just
2: ideas floating yeah. in space. Yeah. I you was going to
1: say, it's Warhammer drawn by Dean Hotzfeld. It's just like... <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's
0: um so w- one more quick note from gabe is that uh uh gabe's a fan of warhammer 40k and so you guys could just ignore this if it's too deep but i just want to mention that the orcs in 40k are especially entertaining in a self-proclaimed uh grim dark universe their economy is based on teeth as money yeah and so you can always just punch a human in the face to get more money cool uh which i think wow. is very funny uh they uh yeah anyway that's that's my favorite factoid about that anyway loving the season of the show uh thanks gabe so um i appreciate the fun brainstorming since we basically failed on anthony's game of 40k 40k um i appreciate that and then last up from jonathan um hey alex at risk of being one of a dozen people who sends this in it's so flattering that you guys think we get this much mail um in the show avenue five avenue five has a stand-up Comedian on a space cruise ship, played by Himesh Patel from yesterday. I'm not sure I would entirely recommend the show, but I liked Patel's contribution quite a bit. A YouTube supercut of all his parts sadly does not seem to exist at this point. um So, have you, either of you, have any of you guys watched Avenue Five? I heard about it. I heard it got bad reviews. Yeah, everyone. it is a steaming pile of space crap that could have been great. And it's one of the frustrating things about it is that it, there's parts of it that are so good. That the rest of it sucking is just a real disappointment, but it's uh-huh. yeah, it's not watchable. It's it's yeah, I mean, it's, it's really it's bad.
1: A, um Aaronucci show, right? The guy who did like in the loop, of in the loop, and in the thick of it, and uh Va- a I Beep, you, right? He's I just you. death of Stalin. Really, yeah, dead. yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Yes, oh, yes. Yes. You're, you're,
2: you are correct. I love yeah, the yeah, thick of it. it That's stars, a great show. It's
0: got Hugh Laurie and Josh Gad, and it's like. It should, and and Zach Woods, it should be fun. Oh my God, I love Zach Woods. That guy's funny. Zach Woods is actually, I would say, one of the only good characters. Hugh Laurie is okay. Uh, It's really like, but basically the the theory of the show is sort of the opposite of Ted Lasso, where they were like, what if you hated everybody all the time? Ah. what if there was nobody to root for or enjoy seeing what if there was no depth or interest everybody was a monster and that's uh, what it is that's why if you google avenue five the first question that comes up on people ask is has avenue five been canceled <laughs> so people are assuming it's not going to continue on I, there's some good stuff to it but anyway yeah so it's a it's different from my bit about being a, a comedian on the space station in a realistic world this is on a space cruise ship that's like going around mars or jupiter and uh anyway it's not a good show, but it has some really fun moments. And yeah, Patel is brilliant at, as this comedian who is forced to continue to go on, but not mention the fact that they're all stuck floating out in space and are going to die there. <laughs> and there's, this is pretty good stuff. Uh, or he has to do uh, space comedy while bodies of people who died on the ship are floating around outside the window he's Great. standing in front of. <laughs> um and he has to be funny dark
2: (laughs) that
0: since i I don't want you to watch the show i will spoil like one of the couple good jokes but they like um a body dies but the ship is so big it just orbits the ship and so on the next so the next time people die they decide to like shoot them out of the the uh side of the ship to get it far away but they're like it's too heavy to use a real good coffin so we're going to use these clear plastic coffins and then right before they launch them like the ship bumps uh some other so, like something happens the ship bumps and they just kind of float out and so there's just three bodies two in clear plastic tubs just floating around to the ship orbiting the ship all the time like oh, that great. is so <laughs> dark it could be funny if the characters were great but they suck um anyway also jonathan also recommends uh just jonathan also says Moon is a great realistic-ish science fiction film directed by Duncan yeah. and Joes and starring Sam Rockwell, which we also got a recommendation on Twitter. I was waiting in, with much anticipation from Renee, so I was waiting for Anthony and or Hunter to mention Moon as an ace space flick, but it never happened, and that hurts my heart a little bit. I have it's not, a good movie.
1: I have not seen it since uh, I saw it in theaters, but it is one I have been uh, wanting to rewatch, especially, you guys ever have this like first-time director, you see a movie, you love it, and then the rest of their movies are just so bad that you're like, was Moon actually good? <laughs> I, don't know, I should go back to rewatch. Well, I really liked it at the time. Yeah. But that Netflix
0: movie and Warcraft were really bad. So maybe. I... Maybe the Moon thing about it, though. Bad? I mentioned moon on the show last year when i watched it in our like what did you watch this week segment so it wasn't on you guys i should have brought it up but i forgot that i already and even when they mentioned hey why didn't you talk about moon i was like well i've never seen it and then i realized i have seen it um it's it's really fun so um, i mean it's it's
1: one of those movies that kevin spacey dragged down with him even though he's barely in it (laughs) Uh, it's just we don't talk about his filmography anymore
0: all right. Well, that's it. Thank you for uh, everybody who sent us email podcast at read-weep.com if you have any more uh, feedback for us. And we really appreciate the suggestions. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the magic episode of Read and Weep. We'll be back again next week with more great content. Uh, really, really, thank you for everyone who writes in. And especially thank you to our meat buddies whose donations keep the show floating down the tracks. And a huge thank you this week to our guest, Billy, the, Billy Kid. Um, it's at Billy Kid Show on the Gram. It's two Ds in kid yeah, also billy for the full web thing if there's a um zoom show coming up i assume we would find out about it on instagram so we can watch you hate yourself
3: <laughs> yes i'll let you know I'll let you i know. appreciate it skull uh, bones.
0: i really really appreciate uh you hanging out with us today and talking us through this um it's been great chatting with you
3: thanks for having me
0: and thank you as always anthony and hunter yeah hey thank you
1: Oh, shit. I should probably bring the Statue of Liberty back, huh? Okay, oh, hold yeah. on. Hold on. I, okay. not, no
0: one's allowed to visit.
1: It's, it's back. Whew, oh, that would have been God. bad. It's a, whew, To leave that going for a full week gone. There's
0: like two German tourists in the crown who are like, where
1: did I go? <laughs>
0: they were just in a pocket of space time and now they're back. Um, I appreciate you doing that. All right. We'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye.
3: Bye. Bye.